Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here, and welcome to Modern Business. Welcome back, everybody, to Modern Business Podcast. Thank you all for joining us for yet another episode. Uh, We have a special one today. Um, We are going to be talking to some folks that uh, see a a lot about a lot of different industries within franchising, and I've got uh, three gentlemen here on with me who are going to be able to give different perspectives because, of course, they do different things within this awesome organization. So really excited to start um, going through that with you all. Um, But but before we do that today, a couple announcements as always. Um, I hope that you all um, by now have hopefully enjoyed the IFA uh, if you are listening to this on the 25th of February when we normally air something like this. Uh, I really hope that you all really enjoyed it. I know that I certainly did. Uh, really nice to see some faces that I hadn't seen in a really long time. It's crazy to think that the IFA was a year ago, um, a year ago in early February, and I still haven't seen those people since. So uh, really, really nice to get on and talk to those people, and hopefully we will be able to see everybody in person soon. Uh, additionally, uh, as always, I do want to just call out uh, Franchise Switchboard on FranchiseOrs.com. If uh, any of you have not been to that by now, Ryan and I have been calling that out on each of our podcasts for what seems like a year, but it's actually been almost a year, um, which is wild. Uh, but please go to FranchiseOrs.com to check out Franchise Switchboard. If you have been uh, displaced by COVID-19-related um, layoffs or furloughs, uh, please go on there to check out some really awesome job opportunities and also join the Facebook group to learn a little bit more about those as well. Okay, everybody, Uh, I have a really great episode today. Um, I'm interested to hear what these folks has to say. I have a lot of different perspectives. They sit in various different parts of the organization, and so I'm very curious to hear thoughts. Uh, I am looking forward to introducing you all to the gentleman from Franchise Founders Group. I have three people on here with me. I have uh, Mr. Josh Reed, the COO, um, on with me. I have uh, Stuart Newman, the CFO, on with me. And then I have, uh, and, and he put it, put it together for me phonetically to make sure that I was going to make sure that I did not mess this up. So I have, uh, I have uh, Andres Gavaria um, with us as well. Um, and he just nodded and made sure that I nailed it, which is good. Um, and he is the director of business development on with us. So gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. Great to be here. Yeah. Looking Thanks forward for to having it. a Zach. Pleasure. Absolutely. Well, looking forward to talking with you all. And I first want to start out by just framing this up. You know, I want to learn about you guys, and I want to learn about Franchise Founders Group a little bit. Um, so, Josh, I'll start with you. Um, would love to hear your background, and then I would love to just discuss, you know, a bit about, you know, how you found Franchise Founders Group. Sure. Well, uh, thanks again, Zach, for having us on, and uh, really pleasure to be here. And it's uh, always been a pleasure to work with with uh, you and everybody there um, at Franchise Elevator. Uh, and Fishman PR agency in general. A um, little bit about me. Um, I've been in uh, the franchise world for about 16 years now with some some pretty uh, well-known brands across a variety of different industries, uh, including you know Massage Envy, the Joint Chiropractic, um, European Wax Center, uh, just to name a few. And uh, I've always served in an operational capacity whether it was at the unit level, building, staffing, training, and operating locations, um, you know, all the way up through uh, corporate operations, uh, field operations, um, et cetera. And now, as I had always hoped for, um, 
been been given an opportunity to work with an organization like Franchise Founders Group, um, who are looking to incubate and build uh, exciting new franchise concepts, also in a variety of different industries. So that's a bit about me um, and a little bit about what we're doing here at Franchise Founders Group as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, Stuart, we'll go with you next, uh, just a bit about your background and uh, how you ended up with Franchise Founders. Yeah, thank you. So most of my background um, for the first about 15 years of my career was in the corporate finance arena, commercial banking, uh, really a lot of uh, what's a couple of the major firms anyone would know if I uh, most recently worked with, had a job at Citigroup and uh, their corporate finance team. So I actually was previously colleagues at, uh, with uh, Lily Tapia, our, the, the chairman of Franchise Founders uh, at a previous institution. And she and I got to talking back in 2018 and kind of was the original genesis of the Franchise Founders concept uh, was something that we kind of you know hatched together and have really built it into something we're quite proud of here by 2020. So essentially I was employee number one of franchise founders and, you know, and have been serving in a leadership role to get this thing to the place where it is now. And, so, and, and we're really excited about uh, what we've built so far and where franchise founders is going. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, and, and that's true. You were, you were basically at the ground floor. So I'm excited to hear a bit more about the background of, of a couple things here, but I, before I do that, I want to make sure that we get Andres in on the action here just to learn a bit about his background and how he got involved in uh, Franchise Founders as well. Yeah, thank you, Zach. And I've done quite a bit of work in the startup arena, um, but I was fortunate enough to meet Lily Tapia, our, our, our managing partner and, and board chair, um, when, I, when she was a C-level executive at a large healthcare organization that I worked at. Um, where I worked in a variety of roles in sales, marketing, and operations. Um, Thereafterwards, I left to come back to South Florida to work once again in the startup space um, in in healthcare imaging technology. When I was tapped on the shoulder by Lily and by Stuart as well um, to invite me on this great ride to incubate some exciting franchise concepts and uh, partner with businesses to grow them through franchising. Love it. I love it. It's a, it's an exciting time to be involved in. And I think um, what I what I want to get to here is, you know, there are there are some others in the space, as you guys know, that are doing you know something similar. So I think it would just be important for you guys to frame up what Franchise Founders does. And I think that I'm going to go to Josh on this one in terms of what Franchise Founders does. And then I want to, Stuart, I want to take it to you after um, to talk about, you know, why you guys are different than everybody else that does something slightly similar or things or services that overlap. So Josh, uh, if you could just kind of highlight what um, you guys actually do so people are aware. And then um, so they don't have to go Google searching. Uh, and then Stuart <laughs> would love to, it would be good for you to just frame up how you guys are different from there. Uh, awesome. Sure. Uh, so I, I think at its most fundamental level, uh, Zach, what Franchise Founders does um, is look for exciting uh, business models, um, as Andres suggested in, in his uh, brief introduction, um, that are looking to grow their businesses through franchising. Um, and when we're able to find these these concepts, um, it's our goal to not only provide them with all of the support 
uh, and guidance uh, that they need to um, go from version 1.0 of their model to version 2.0 as a as a viable franchise offering um, in the space. Uh, but we look to really form a partnership with them. Um, and I'll let Stuart speak more to that um, in a minute. But what I say, go from version 1.0 to version 2.0, I mean, our team has all of the expertise and knowledge uh, that's necessary to check all of those boxes, so to speak, that need to be addressed uh, so that you can come to market um, as a, a, a fully baked, if you will, franchise offering. So from all the legal uh, documentation that needs to be done to all of the operational support tools and systems and protocols to all of the technology solutions that, that may be necessary um, to allow your franchisees to um, operate the model uh, to its greatest capacities. Um, these are all of the areas that we're going to um, explore um, and facilitate uh, the development of each of those components to their fullest. And uh, we happen to have a remarkable group of people that are part of this company, all of whom have a great uh, array of experience and background in doing just that for, for, for organizations. So I think that really, in a nutshell, oh, and by the way, once all that's done, we hand it over to Andres, and he then literally brings them to market, to the marketplace, and we help them actually launch their their franchise offering and uh you know sort of take off from there if you will yeah yeah thank you for the outline i think that that's helpful for people to really uh understand now 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 Stuart, um there are mm -hmm. some others in the space that do something you know similar yeah. to you guys and i know that team does say a certain amount about the success of people but you know being being the first person to really you know get your feet wet into franchise founders just kind of curious how you guys have really been you know, diversifying or how you guys have been differentiating rather um, from others uh, in the space that do something, you know, similar. What are some of the call outs that you guys like to talk about when potentially when you're bringing on a new brand or when you're in discussions like this, I suppose, too? Yeah. So I guess what I want to, I would say there's two big things I'd want to outline that are important concepts to the business that we've created. When we kind of originated Franchise Founders, uh, one of the, you know, one of the things behind our core thesis was we saw a lot of concepts that would come out into the franchise space, you know, get developed, launch as a franchise that might have been very valuable concepts, but for one reason or another, never quite got on that trajectory towards major success, right? Everybody knows that made the big brands that get to 50, 100 units and larger, right? Those have become kind of major names in the space, you know, uh, you know, ideally, uh, you really get to a a uh, high profile, but there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of concepts that never reach those levels. And so Franchise Founders was really formed to identify concepts that have the potential to reach those levels and help plug those gaps as to why they don't uh, necessarily. Now, it's different in some kinds. It could be access to capital, access to human, uh, both financial and human capital. It could be they're just very busy running their legacy business 
and they just don't have the devotion. Might just be they're not really experts in the world of franchising. There's a million different reasons why some of these concepts kind of died on the vine and never got places, but Franchise Founders was formed to kind of plug those gaps. So to your question about what's a differentiating factor of Franchise Founders, what we identified is there's a lot of firms in this kind of franchise development space, right? That loosely, you hear that term a lot, franchise development firms, right? So they'll get you all baked up and make you a franchise and then, you know, turn you loose on the marketplace. And sure, you have an FDD and you got, you know, a couple other things in hand, but are you really equipped and prepared to be successful uh, based on what they've done? And a lot of the times, no, they've charged you a fee, they've completed their work, but you're not necessarily primed to really be successful in the more the hardest times for a franchise are those first two years. How do you prepare for those? How do you budget for those? What are the various vendors you might want to approach? How do you think through your strategy of growing uh, geographically, et cetera, et cetera? There's a lot of considerations in those first two years after going live. There seemed to be an absence of good advice. Uh, a lot of the development firms would not only kind of just do the initial work. Um, the other thing is that we noticed was there's a big gap in the level of, you know, there's a lot of people doing development work. And there's a lot of firms that will come in very actively once you're 50, 100 units, private equity firms and various other major organizations will knock on your door anytime you want, right? But how do you get between A and B, right? That was where a lot of things didn't really quite work out. So franchise founders, partners of these concepts, we obviously do all the work that Josh just referenced in getting them developed and built right out of the gate because a lot of times that's a mistake concepts are not necessarily well equipped to go to the market to begin with, or they cut a corner here or there. Obviously we get everything really well done, but we also partner with them during that journey of kind of growing as an organization, right? A franchisor becomes a company in and of itself, but at the beginning it's very small and, and startup-y, right? So that you have to really put up, a, think through a lot of those things that make sense as you kind of organically grow that organization. So that's franchise founders doesn't just work with you during development and then hand you off into the world and say, good luck. We partner with people more for a longer term journey. And that allows them to really, in our opinion, uh, be primed to have a lot more success long term. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I think, Andres, this, this takes me to you because I want to learn a little bit more about your about your thesis and the way that you go about franchise development at franchise founders, because I think that that would be helpful for us to frame up and and quite frankly, everybody has a different opinion on what to use from a franchise development marketing standpoint and, you know, how to go about, you know, how to actually go about, you know, the growth model. Some people do hub and spoke, other people do other methods, you know, talk to me a bit about, you know, what your methodology is from a franchise development standpoint and what you guys, what franchise founders really prioritizes from a lead generation approach and how you guys like to grow and, and things like that. Sure, Zach. It's a great question. And it begins really at a foundational level. And it speaks a little bit more to what Josh and Stuart were alluding to when they were framing what makes franchise founders different. On the front end, we work tirelessly to ensure that the concept that we're ultimately going to partner in is one that we really believe in. And that begins with understanding, is the business model replicable? Is it defensible? Do we think it's going to have good multi-unit economics at scale? Do we have confidence in the leadership team? And does it meet other criteria that we think would make them apt for partnership with franchise founders? A presence here domestically, you know, uh, an understanding of the founder's access to capital. Ideally, businesses that are founder-owned, our sweet spot is businesses that have 10 units or less 
So when we're thinking a little bit more about the ways that we generate demand for the offerings themselves, which is really the, the question I'm tasked with, it really varies industry to industry. We need to understand that industry's unique dynamics and what's going on there to kind of fine tune what that demand generation approach is going to be. And to your point, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Some industries are going to be hot to try, and it's going to be easy for us to put together some great collateral and maybe generate demand at you know a, a very conservative cost per lead figure using digital marketing. But some industries are a little bit more nuanced and or they're more competitive, and it requires an edge to get an emerging franchisor uh, out through the clutter, so to speak. So you want to perhaps partner with people who are already sophisticated players within that given arena. Franchise brokers who have made careers for themselves brokering like concepts, for example. There's also great um, organizations out there with unique ties within the franchising landscape, like the Fishman PRs of the world, right? Um, who, if you give them the opportunity to tell the right story, you can break through that clutter in an organic way and start generating some good demand. Because at the end of the day, what's important to any franchisor is those first five to 10 franchisees that join the system. They're the lifeblood of the system moving forward. They are your validators. So it's just about getting that emerging franchisor to that point, to that point where it allows the franchise system at large to validate itself on the backs of those first five to 10 franchisees and ultimately the success of those first five to 10 franchisees. Um, and and that's, that's ultimately what's most important for, for these franchisors that, you know, in, in the long run. Awesome. Well, I mean, I, I, it's, it's certainly always good to just understand exactly what your methodology is. And I know that you guys, you know, intersperse in many different industries uh, within franchising. I think that your portfolio ranges um, quite a bit. So I think it's always interesting just to hear how you tie that all together, because I think that a lot of folks in your space certainly do focus on, you know, they focus on just health and beauty or just food and things like that. You guys kind of traverse across a lot of different things. So it's always um, interesting to hear how you tie that um, all together. And, and, you know, Josh, I want to bring that, bring the next question to you, because I am curious about, you know, the operational side of it, because I think that that is by far the most difficult thing to tie together when you have brands in different industries. You know, talk a bit about some of the approaches that you guys are using from an operational perspective um, that helps you guys to kind of you, you, to have a methodology behind how you handle things from a franchise relations and franchise or franchisee relationship perspective when you're coaching these people in the beginning. I know that you have a wealth of experience across different industries here. So talk a bit about what you guys are helping your brands prepare for operationally. Sure. I think that, you know, at its basic level, regardless of the industry, the brand, the service offering or product offering, the single greatest uh, operational responsibility that any franchisor has is making sure that their franchisees have all the tools and information and guidance that they need to be successful in whatever arena it is that they are sort of playing in, right? So while there are, to your point, Zach, a couple of franchise development companies out there that do specialize in particular industries, we've chosen to be a little bit more diverse. And as such, you know, we allow ourselves an opportunity to really curate some of these systems and processes um, specifically for that particular concept. 
on a case-by-case basis, right? With always the core goal being to provide all of that uh, support that's necessary, uh, whether it's human capital, right? Having the appropriate, what we might call a franchise success manager, what other concepts might call franchise business consultants, but always having those resources available to connect at a very sort of personal level with each of the franchisees in the system, regardless of what brand they're in. But more importantly, making sure that those resources have the appropriate knowledge base, right, to serve those franchisees to the fullest capacity. So that's sort of at its most fundamental level. If we take it a little bit further, you know, we start talking about what are sort of some of the systems and protocols that we use to facilitate those uh, activities. And we have a very clear belief um, in that communication and frequency of communication is critical. So we have our own systems in place that ensure our franchisees are getting the the, uh, appropriate and necessary level of of touches, so to speak, um, and setting that cadence of communication. You know, we use various, the various uh, associated uh, technologies that one would expect an organization like ours to use whether it's traditional email communication, whether it's um, various other types of communication when you start talking about needing to support franchisees that are many, many, many thousands of miles away on the other side of the planet, like we have at Franchise Founders Group, um, you know, helping support franchisees you know, in Qatar and Dubai. So sometimes you have to look at alternative uh, technology to do it effectively. So I hope that answers your question, but it's ultimately about making sure that every member of the team is prepared and available, right, to support as necessary. Yeah, and that that certainly does answer the question. I think it's just important to understand, you know, your opinions on how to certainly do certain aspects of the operational part of franchising. It's such an important aspect. And I think that so many people get it wrong, especially in the very beginning. And so it was just important for you to frame that up. So I appreciate it. Stuart, I want to bring the next question to you because Josh did mention something about technology. And I think that, you know, being somebody who is so immersed in the numbers, I'm sure that technology plays a really large role in ensuring that you guys are, um, you know, I guess, doing your best to ensure that those that those EBITDA numbers at a local level for all of the brands you work with are as healthy as possible. And I think the technology is one way that a lot of brands have, have, have tried to do so. And so talk a bit about, you know, some pieces of technology that you try to implement with the brands that you guys partner with to really help them be more profitable in the long run. That could be at an operational level, certain pieces of marketing technology to help them bring in more customers, um, anything like that that you guys endorse for your brands at a franchise founders level? Sure. Yeah. I think one thing that I would definitely want to mention is we have a uh, relationship with the firm Metrics mm-hmm. that you know we, we value there quite a bit. One thing that I feel has is, a, is, a, is an area where that's under-invested in by some franchisors is something as simple as kind of financial reporting, benchmarking, KPIs, right? So putting that infrastructure in place where it's very simple for those franchisees to 
you know, upload their monthly financial statements and then have those things flow into, you know, into sort of a, a dashboard where some various KPIs are, are, are housed. A couple of things that come from that, right? One is that's valuable to the franchisor is it by virtue of putting these systems in place, the integrity of that financial information, which ultimately is going to be disclosed in your FTD, your franchisee performance is all that much higher. But it also considered uh, it can makes it very consistent in the reporting parameters, right? Which is very so you can really apples to apples think about various components of comparing franchisees and what their best practices might be in various components of their business. But also gives franchisees by virtue of being in this dashboard a chance to say, hey, you know, I'm spending X amount on this, you know, area or the X amount on that. I'm not getting the kind of returns. It gives them a lot of really visibility amongst their other colleagues to draw conclusions based on best practices. So uh, that's been something we really spent a lot of time in thinking about because with that tool, then we, when Josh or, you know, someone else on our team gets on the phone with that franchisee, they can pull it right up and have a very educated conversation with them about all the stuff going on with their business without having to ask that franchisee to to email them 10 different Excel documents, right? Which is a burden and a time constraint. No one wants to do that. They pull this dashboard right up. It's all in front of them, all these kind of key indicators and financial data. And they have a very valuable 30-minute conversation. And that saves the franchisee a lot of time. And it also makes it really easy for us to manage franchisees at scale. I love it. I think that, you know, I, I heard a lot about metrics and, and data. And I think that that's really important for a brand that's that brands that are so young, like a lot of the brands you guys deal with, to have that at such right. an early stage to be able to make more informed business decisions, not only on an operational level, on a marketing level, but also data behind how to sell properly to help Andres to really understand what their candidate is and who's going to be successful is incredibly important. And yeah, I, I, I want to bring one more question to Andres before um, I have before I have you round out, Stuart, you know, the major plans for the rest of the year for franchise founders. You know, Andres, from a franchise development perspective, I know that a lot of some of your brands, at the very least, um, are in the retail world. And I think that there is something that has to do with the real estate side of things. I had a guest on yesterday onto the podcast that said that there is 2 billion square feet of free of, of, of free space that is going to be going out there onto the market, um, which I believe he said the number was he saw one third of the available real estate space is going to be up for grabs come this year, which is pretty wild and a little bit scary. But I wanted to ask you, just from a franchise development standpoint, when you're helping these brands to open up locations, has your methodology changed in terms of you know the real estate play that you're going for? Construction costs are down. Anything that you guys are seeing on that end, uh, just in terms of strategy, maybe you guys are, some, for the food brands you guys have, maybe there's going to be more drive-through. Is there anything like that that you're seeing at all? It's an excellent point your previous guest brings up, Zach. And when we're thinking about this as investors, we try to always be cognizant of the principle of retail bifurcation. So let, let's take this problem aside and just think about the retail spectrum. On one side of the spectrum, you have retailers that are dealing at low, low volumes at high price points, the luxury retailers of the world. And then on the other side of that retail spectrum, you have retailers that deal in very high volume at low price points, the, the Walmarts of the world, right? On either side of that retail spectrum, they're not going anywhere. It's the retailers that have found themselves somewhere in the middle that are getting priced out or are losing business to e-commerce, losing market share to experiential offerings. 
So us here at Franchise Founders, when we're looking to make new plays for examples or partnerships, we just want to be cognizant of that, understanding if the retail brands that we're partnering with are standouts on either side of that retail spectrum, or if they offer something experiential, should they land somewhere in the middle. But for our existing brands, one of the things that we're working on is there's there's quite a bit of opportunity now to secure retail space um, for huge discounts, negotiate some pretty aggressive abatements as well. And for our food concepts, one in particular that we're coming to market with, it is primarily a takeout model. Um, so that's great because it keeps the overhead low. It keeps OPEX um, rather low. And, you know, it's, it's going to be right in line with, you know, the, the trends following uh, the pandemic here. So that's something that, you know, I would recommend other franchisors take a look at. If possible, add that flexibility to the model where maybe there's a little bit less sit-in, for example, as for these food concepts and transition more so to takeout, if at all possible. Absolutely. I think that that certainly answers my question. I'm always curious to see how people evolve and and, and, brand, and looking for brands for, for you guys just that are more of a takeaway model or prioritizing drive-through is one way to think about it. And I think that you brought up another, a num- numerous other good points on the on the actual, the real estate side as well. So I'm exactly. good to hear. One more thing to add to that is, you know, none of us on this call purport to be geniuses. You want to follow those who have built great models for themselves in the space. And one franchisor that we can celebrate is Tropical Smoothie, right? They've had monumentous growth. And one of the things that has allowed for that growth is the flexibility they have in their models. You find tropical smoothie camp, uh, cafes and inline strip malls on, on corners with you know beautiful uh, drive-throughs as well as standalone facilities. So if it's possible for a model to incorporate that flexibility, it makes things a lot easier for that franchisee and a lot easier ultimately for the real estate team that's looking to broker that real estate for that franchisee. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. I know the I know the team at Tropical Smoothie pretty well, and they certainly uh, that's what you get when you have a former CEO becoming the CEO, and, uh, and Mr. Charles Watson, who is uh, of course an alum of this podcast. So, very good point indeed. So, Stuart, I want to round it out with mm-hmm. you here, just on as it relates to the goals for the rest of the year and the initiatives you guys had planned for the rest of 2021. Um, any exciting to note here, just to kind of round out the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say probably within the next two to three weeks, we'll be announcing a, a new or a new concept added to the portfolio. Uh, the debut documents are being signed as we speak. It's all set. It's a, uh, it's a win, not, if not, if uh, another con- a health and wellness concept that we're excited about bringing to market, it will be, it, it's pre-franchise, right? So we're, they're going to go through the development period and won't be a live franchise for a period of time but it's a new concept that'll be uh, officially part of the franchise founders portfolio uh, in the next two to three weeks. So we're making that announcement. Uh, and we do have another concept in, consi- in later stages of consideration that uh, certainly we're very, very excited about as well. And while that's not a, a fully agreed upon transaction, we're certainly optimistic that it might be uh, something that comes in the next 30 to 60 days. So if that does occur, we would bring ourselves to a point of having six concepts in the franchise founders portfolio, which is a good number for us. The way we work with brands is very important to understand if I, back to what I said at the beginning, where we really immerse ourselves in the bill, but also in helping them grow from after going live and really take a partnership and a collaborative role with these organizations as they scale. 
we're never going to be a volume shop, right? So you'll never see franchise founders of 25 concepts under that we're dealing with. Uh, I think probably eight to 10 would be the max we'd ever get to within our organization, just by virtue of the amount of time and energy we put into everyone that we work with. But yeah, we're excited about potentially getting uh, our number up to six uh, in the next uh, 60 days or so. But definitively, we have a health and wellness concept that will be joining the, uh, the organization officially in the next two to three weeks. I'm certainly excited to hear a little bit more about it. And for the brands that you guys do have on, uh, Josh, where can you guys go to learn a little bit more about Franchise Founders? And is there is there a website people can go to? Where can they find you guys easiest? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Certainly, we've got a great website that anyone could go visit at any time. FranchiseFoundersGroup.com. There you can learn, obviously, more about who we are, our team, et cetera, um, some of the brands in our portfolio. Anyone would certainly be welcome to reach out to any of us via some of the other social media channels if they'd like further information, be it LinkedIn uh, is probably the best way to do that. I, I get inquiries there on a regular basis, which is a great, great thing to have happen. I would say those are probably the two best. And then certainly, of course, uh, anytime anyone wants to just pick up that thing we call a phone and make a phone call and actually talk to someone, <laughs> uh, everyone at Franchise Founders makes themselves available to, to chat and answer any questions anyone might have. So I, I would say those would be the three best ways to find out more. Perfect. Well, well, gentlemen, I really appreciate the time that you guys uh, gave to me today just to kind of go through this a little bit more. I'm looking forward to seeing the portfolio grow and to have you guys you know, help more and more brands over the course of time. And uh, I, I appreciate you guys uh, sharing your wisdom uh, with the Modern Business listeners here. So uh, thanks again, guys. Yeah. yeah enjoyed it. My pleasure. Our pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Absolutely. Thank you. Well, folks, if you guys would like to learn a little bit more about Franchise Founders, uh, please go to FranchiseFoundersGroup.com. And if you are looking to listen to more episodes just like this, please go to Modern Business without the E, that is M-O-D-R-N, business, um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thank you all so much and uh, looking forward to coming back to you soon with more great episodes. Cheers, guys. Thank you.